0: This is episode 229 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are, How to Handle Dental Emergencies in Survival Situations, and Examining Precious Metals for If the SHTF or If It Doesn't. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, before we get started, I want to let you know that the 2018 Prepper Bundle is coming out on Wednesday. It is a bundle of 53 ebooks, courses, and videos. Uh, my friends over at the Self Reliance School work with authors to package all of these resources and put them together in one bundle, and they do this about once a year. You can purchase the bundle in three different options. There will be a digital option. There will be an option to purchase a USB flash drive. And so they'll send you the bundle on the flash drive. And then there will be the option to buy both uh, at a reduced cost. And so this time around, I'll be giving uh, a special bonus to anyone who purchases the bundle through my affiliate link. And I'll be putting out more information on that, uh, on the bundle and on my Uh, special bonus tomorrow so be looking for that uh, to come your way on the podcast and then I'll be also sending information out on the um, uh, through email and uh, keeping it on the website and all that that good stuff but I'm really excited they have a lot of great information uh, in this in the 2018 prepper bundle and so I think uh, you'll you'll you know you'll see it that way as well along with the special bonus that I'm wanting to give out I've never done that before so I'm kind of looking forward to doing that Hey, if you are looking to add a ferro rod to your fire kit or your survival kit, your bug out bag, what get home bag, whatever, uh, you know, whatever kit you have out there, I want to let you know that um, Survival Hacks sent me out a ferro rod to kind of do a review on it, and I was able to do that today. And when I was putting it together, they let me know, because I emailed about some questions, they let me know about a special discount code. And uh, it, the discount code is for 50% off, which really makes this sucker a really great deal. Uh, it's a 6-inch uh, ferro rod, ferro rod, uh, which, which you can strike, you know, like 20,000 strikes. And uh, so, I mean, it's, really, it's one of those really nice big ones that fits in your hand really, really well. It comes with about 5 feet of paracord. comes with a striker. The striker has a bottle cap opener, a hex wrench uh, on it. And uh, it's a serrated striker as well as a flat striker. And then it comes with a little uh, waterproof tinder bundle that you can, I mean, there's cotton in there that you can break up and you can use or you can just put your own stuff in there. But it is a great deal. Uh, Like I said, when you go to uh, Amazon.com to purchase it and you put the the promo code in uh, when you're checking out it brings it down to ten dollars and that is a great deal when you go and you compare it to all the other Ferceum rods that are out there and then all the extra little you know the pair cord and all the extra little things that you get with it and so it, re- it makes it a, a really great deal uh, i have the uh, I, I did a little write up over on edthatmatters.com, and so i'm going to link to it in the in the show notes so you can go over there and get the uh, you can get the the code and go to amazon and purchase it for like i said for 9.99 it is a, a really great deal uh, and, uh, but it, it's only lasting from, or so from the email, they told me it's only lasting to the end of January. So, uh, you know, you want to go and pick that up. If you are in, uh, you know, in, if you're shopping around for a ferro rod, if you want a feral rod to add to your survival kit, I think it's a great deal, uh, to, to do that. So, uh, go check that out. Like I said, I'll have the link in the show notes. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into our first article of the podcast, Our first article comes to us from doomandbloom.net, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. And uh, the title of the article is How to Handle Dental Emergencies in Survival Situations. And i got to be honest, this is one of those that kind of freak me out just a little bit. Because, you know, if, if someone gets hurt and you've got to bandage someone up... I mean, th- there's a certain amount of skills there, right? That that you need. Uh, you know, even if you, I, I don't know. I mean, th- there's first aid. There's there's uh, you know things that you you know how to do. But dental stuff, man, that just takes it up to a whole nother level. And of course, when you're talking about uh you know the shtf when you're talking about grid down and you're having i mean there's no dentist around there's no doctors around you're dealing with this on your own and so it's one of those you know you start thinking about tom hanks and castaway right and how he did it and that was a pretty uh simple thing that he was just you know getting rid of that tooth but there's so many other things to think about When you think about dental emergencies, and so uh, I appreciate, like always, I I talk about this on a regular basis. I do uh, appreciate Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's uh, articles, and uh, especially this one on dental emergencies. So let's go ahead and uh, start reading this one. Medical preparedness is an important part of surviving a disaster scenario. And indeed, many believe that they can handle any emergency if the grid goes down. For those who are trained to stabilize and transport, That may be true for typical injuries due to trauma. The true survival medic, however, is the end of the line for medical care, not a way station to a modern medical facility. That means long-term care. I often encounter folks who believe that they're medically prepared and they are for a disaster that means a few days or even weeks without power. There are issues that crop up after months or longer off the grid. Some of those are dental issues. If you spend a day at work with a toothache, you know that you weren't at 100% efficiency, which is where you need to be in a survival situation. The medic needs to be able to handle dental emergencies as well as medical ones. Despite this, few people who are otherwise medically prepared seem to devote much time to dental health. Today's dentists have high technology on their side, but this technology will not be available if things go south. Therefore, we look at historical methods of treating these problems. Of these issues, some will be related to trauma. Dental trauma may appear in various forms. After an injury to the oral cavity, a person may have a portion of a tooth chipped or broken off, a dental fracture. A loose tooth, a dental sublation, A tooth knocked out completely, a dental avulsion. The anatomy of the tooth is relatively simple for such an important part of our body and is worth reviewing. The part of the tooth that you see above the gum line is called the crown. Below it, you have the root. The bony socket that the tooth resides in is called the alveolus. Teeth are anchored to the alveolar bone with ligaments, just like you have ligaments holding together your ankle or shoulder. The tooth is composed of different materials. Enamel, the hard white external covering of the tooth crown, the dentin, the bony yellowish material under the enamel that surrounds the pulp, and the pulp, connective tissue with blood vessels and nerve endings in the central portion of the tooth, so dental fractures. When a portion of a tooth is broken off, it is categorized based on the number of layers of the tooth that are exposed. Classically, dentists have referred to these as Ellis class 1, 2, and 3 fractures. LS1 fractures. In an LS1 fracture, only the enamel has been broken and no dentin or pulp is exposed. This is only a problem if there is a sharp edge to the tooth. You can consider filing the edge smooth or using a mixture of oil of cloves, also known as eugenol, and zinc oxide powder as a temporary cement. LS2 fractures. LS2 fractures show yellow or beige dentin under the enamel. This area may be sensitive and should be covered if possible. The composition of dentin is different than enamel and bacteria may enter and infect the tooth. This is especially the case with pediatric dental trauma. LS3 fractures. Here the pulp and dentin are both exposed and LS3 fractures can be quite uncomfortable. If the pulp is exposed, it may bleed. Protective coverings will be most necessary here and the risk of permanent damage most likely, especially in a collapse. When you identify a fracture of a tooth, you should evaluate the patient for associated damage, such as to the face, inside of the cheek, tongue, and jaw. Sometimes a tooth fragment may be lodged in the soft tissue and must be removed with instruments. There is likely to be blood due to the trauma, so thoroughly clean out the inside of the mouth so you can fully assess The situation. Then, using your gloved hand or a cotton applicator, lightly touch the injured tooth to see if it is loose. For sensitive LS two fractures of dentin, cover the exposed surface with a calcium hydroxide composition commercially sold as dical, a fluoride varnish. Fluoride is rarely beneficial in drinking water in my opinion, but is acceptable as a direct application to the tooth defect, or even clear nail polish to decrease sensitivity. Provide pain medications and instruct the patient to avoid hot and cold food or drink. LS3 fractures into pulp are trouble, due to the risk of infection, among other reasons. Calcium hydroxide on the pulp surface with an additional temporary cement can be used as coverings. Provide analgesics and antibiotics. Penicillin and doxycycline are options. Despite all this, the prognosis is not favorable without modern dental intervention. A particularly difficult dental fracture involves the root. Sometimes it is not until the gum is peeled back that a fracture in the root is identified. If this is the case, the tooth is likely unsalvageable, especially in vertical fractures, and in a power-down situation should be extracted. If teeth are knocked out, loose, or out. A tooth that is knocked loose but not out of its socket is called a sublection. Use your gloved fingers or a cotton applicator lightly to identify it. Often these injuries will appear to bleed slightly from the border between the tooth and the gum. Minimal trauma may require no major intervention, although the tooth may benefit from support. The loose tooth should be pressed back into the alveolar socket and splinted to neighboring teeth for stability. Dentists use wire or special materials for this purpose, but you might have to use soft wax if professional help is not at hand. If you can, use enough wax to anchor the loose tooth to neighboring teeth both in front and in back. Prevent further trauma by placing your patient on a liquid diet for a time. Puddings, gelatins, or soft cereal are also okay. Occasionally, the trauma may be severe enough to completely knock the tooth out of its socket. This is called an avulsion. The most favorable situation when the tooth is knocked out is when it comes out in one piece including the roots and ligaments. In this circumstance, time is a very important factor in possible treatment success. If the tooth is not replaced or preserved in a solution, the success of reimplantation drops 1% every minute the tooth is not in its socket. A good preservative for teeth that have been knocked out is Hank's Solution. This is a balanced salt solution that has been used to culture living cells and it helps protect raw ligament fibers for a time. Hank's solution is available commercially as Save-A-Tooth. If you are not at your retreat at the time of injury, find the tooth, pick it up by the crown, avoid touching the root as it will damage already compromised ligament fibers. Flush the tooth clean of dirt and debris with water or saline solution. Don't scrub it as it will further damage the ligaments. If you don't have preservation solution, place the tooth in milk, saline solution, or saliva. Put it between your cheek and gums or under your tongue. This will keep the ligament cells viable longer than plain water. If the tooth has been out for less than 15 minutes, you may attempt to re-implant it. Flush the tooth in the empty socket with Hank's solution or save a tooth. Replace the tooth, hold in place for 5 minutes, and make sure the tooth is level with its neighbors. Cover with cotton or gauze and have the patient bite down firmly to keep it in place. After a while, splint the tooth with soft wax to to the teeth on either side for support. Place your patient on a liquid diet and consider antibiotics such as penicillin, the veterinarian equivalent of fish pen, or doxycycline, a bird biotic, to prevent infection. Antibiotics and their veterinarian equivalents are discussed in detail in the Survival Medical Handbook, the Essential Guide for When Medical Help is Not on the Way or at Doom and Bloom. If the tooth has been out longer than 15 minutes, you may have to soak the tooth for a half hour or so in Hank's solution before you replace it. The longer you wait to replace the tooth, the more painful it will likely be to replace, so make sure you have pain meds available in your supplies. After a couple of hours of being out, the ligament fibers dry out and die, and the tooth is for most intents and purposes dead. Replacing it at this point is likely to be unsuccessful as the pulp will decay like all dead soft tissue does. This causes a chronic inflammation causing the dead tooth, which may turn dark in color, to scar down into its bony socket, almost like a dental implant. This is called achillosis. Don't replace baby teeth because the scarring process may prevent the permanent teeth from from emerging. It's important to know that in mature permanent teeth, the pulp rarely, if ever, survives the injury even if the ligaments do. As such, without the availability of a root canal procedure to remove dead tissue, even your best efforts may be unsuccessful. If a serious infection arises in the dead pulp, your patient may be in a worse situation than just missing a tooth. In the end, some cases of dental trauma may result in an unsalvageable tooth. Dental extraction may be necessary. Indeed, ninety percent of dental emergencies were in the past dealt with by extraction. In a survival situation, this may be your best option to prevent complications. In future articles I will go over the process by which a tooth may be extracted. For this, a good dental kit will be important be an important tool in the medical woodshed. Alright. Good article there and one of those that would just kind of, I don't know, man. I don't know if it gave you the EBGBs, but it does me. And I don't have a problem going to the dentist. I mean, I think I hate going when there's an issue because it's always so darn expensive uh, to go to the dentist. But uh, I, I don't have a problem going at all. The eebie-jeebies come from having to deal with something like this. And, of course, I'm looking at the pictures. So uh, Dr. Bones and, and they're saying you always do a good job of providing pictures. And it kind of freak you out. And it's like, man, can you imagine having to deal with something like this when the poop hits the fan? And how do you, if you have like half a tooth you know, chipped off or broken off, get in there and, and get the rust of it out? I mean that's gonna I mean that's some serious stuff there you know uh, when you go to the dentist you have shots to numb you, you know numb your gums and numb your teeth and all those kinds of things can you imagine having to to, to, to stay still while somebody works on your teeth and, and to, to grab things out of there and uh, with no kind of uh, numbing uh, medicine and stuff like that that's just uh, uh, just hate to think of that about that that gives it like I said it gives me the EBGbs of having to do that and work on on, on somebody like that or having to deal with that and uh, yeah I would prefer just the tooth just coming out completely and dealing with that I mean when you when you have when when you lose a tooth like that you have um, the possibility of your teeth shifting and and you know that that's not always good as well but uh, man some of these other things here you know talking about these other things and thinking through this these uh you know dental emergencies is crazy and uh, yeah, like I said, I don't know, man. It just it just gives me the eevee jeebies. Um, you know, they do sell dental kits over at the Doom and Bloom store. That might be something you want to look into. And uh, definitely uh, look forward to any more uh, or any future uh, articles from Doctor Bones and Nurse Amy on dental emergencies because the more you know. Just having a little bit of information here uh would be very helpful and then if you are a person who likes to uh, go and save uh certain articles, especially medical articles um this you know they they allow you to do that over here at doom and Bloom if you scroll down all the way to the bottom, there is a print friendly it's a green print friendly button that you can click and uh, you can print this one out so again that's over at doomandbloom.net if you get a chance go check uh, check that article out with all the pictures and everything there all right our next article comes to us from beans bullets bandages and you.com and the title is examining precious metals for if the shtf or if it doesn't you know precious metals especially silver comes up pretty often in the preparedness community and uh, you hear that a lot and even in the dystopian fictional novels where they're they're talking about bartering and all those kinds of things and uh, you know this article really kind of looks at all of those it's not very long but uh, it does give you something to think about and maybe something to focus on when we're talking about or considering precious metals so I think it's a very valuable article to read at this time so let's go ahead and start reading it The subject of precious metals comes up often in prepper circles, either because of a lack of confidence in the current monetary system or because of a belief that precious metals will reassert themselves as mediums of exchange in a post-apocalyptic world as real money. In the post we will discuss both of these ideas so you can decide for yourself if you wish to purchase precious metals as an investment or as a prep. Precious metals also have industrial uses, but we will not touch on these. Precious metals as an inflation hedge. As long as SHTF does not occur and the economy remains functional, precious metals will not have a monetary role. In fact, in most states, precious metals are subject to sales tax, which renders them useless as a medium of exchange and expensive to own in physical form. In a non-SHTF environment, Like today, precious metals are simply commodities. However, commodities and other hard assets like real estate, artwork, collector cars, etc. are excellent inflation hedges. If inflation becomes a faster moving problem, any of these choices will work to varying degrees. As inflation eats away the value of currency, hard assets will rise in price. However, if inflation remains low as, if it has been, as it has been in recent years, one is better off owning financial assets that return interest and dividends. Unfortunately, predicting inflation is difficult because of the multiple factors that drive inflation. The result is that precious metals tend to trade at relatively flat levels for long periods of time and then abruptly change in price when they become trendy, only to flatten again when the trend runs dry. Nonetheless, there are precious metal brokers constantly pitching precious metals as an investment through all sorts of economic environments. Note that while precious metals are usually good inflation hedges, there are exceptions. In the 1500s when Spain brought huge quantities of gold and other valuables from the New World to Europe, the result was massive inflation because metals were then used as currency. Could such an event occur today? What if new mining technology made metals production much less expensive? Prices of those metals would drop. Most financial experts will not recommend precious metals for small investors, but will recommend precious metals as a very small percentage of a large investor's portfolio. The idea is to use precious metals as both an inflation hedge and a diversification from other assets but not to acquire so much precious metals as to significantly dampen return on a portfolio of stocks and bonds during a typical economic environment. 3% of a portfolio would be a typical recommendation. Precious metals as a medium of exchange after the SHTF. The other theme you'll run across in Prepper Circles and Prepper Fiction is that gold and silver would resume a monetary role in a post-apocalyptic world. The conditions required for this to happen include 1. You must first survive whatever disaster destroyed the U.S. government and its monetary system. Two, enough time has passed that a resumption of economic activity is occurring. Three, the U.S. government does not recover, but economic activity requiring some sort of currency does. And four, nothing better than precious metals fulfills the role of money. Precious metals do have advantages for a prepper. They take up very little space, and you don't need to worry about temperature control or having to rotate your precious metals to keep them from going bad. I haven't heard a better suggestion for a money replacement in a dystopian future, so that is a possibility, albeit a long shot. Of course, in a simple hurricane or other short-term event, no such need exists. For instance, in Puerto Rico, where the loss of electricity has knocked out the ATMs, the Federal Reserve has simply flown in a bunch of cash. It takes a real Teotihuacan event to make the possibility of precious metals becoming a money replacement realistic. Even in Teotihuacan, there is no way to tell what price might be like post-apocalypse. If there is a large die-off, there may be a lot more precious metal than there are people to make use of them. If it costs an ounce of gold to buy a can of peaches post-Teotihuacan, storing peaches, not gold, in advance would make more sense. Personally, I think this scenario would require an event of at least a year, perhaps longer, and I would rather have goods that people were willing to pay for, especially during that first year, than precious metals. In a world where everyone needs food and medicine, I'd rather have food and medicine than precious metals to buy them with. After all, who is going to supply the goods you want to buy with your precious metals? This raises the question of who would want to include precious metals in their preps. You can't eat gold. The simple answer is someone who has all other prepping needs covered. I'm not there, nor do I expect to ever get to that level of preparedness, so I admit I am not the prepper who would set aside precious metals. I'll set aside canned peaches. Perhaps some of you are further along in your preps than I am. Precious metals have uses, but the uses are narrower than many preppers realize. Precious metals make good inflation hedges in normal times. If you are wealthy enough, you should consider placing a very small amount of precious metals in your portfolio for diversification. As a prep item, precious metals are not a panacea for goods you can actually use. Having a vault full of precious metals will be cold comfort right after an EMP. However, if you are prepped for a Teotihuacan event and looking for more to do, you might consider precious metals as a long-term medium of exchange. Personally, I'd rather store enough cases of canned peaches. (laughs) Alright, like I said, not a very long article, but good information there, there. I totally agree that you need to make sure that you have all the other things squared away before you start looking at precious metals. Um, you know you need to make sure that you have your plan in place, your food in place, your water in place i mean all those all those things that you need in place before you start looking at precious metals uh, most definitely um, one thing that I would say here is um, looking to uh, to add it to your portfolio. I would stress that you don't want to uh, if you're doing precious metals you don't want to just invest in a precious metals like mutual fund or something like that if you're really wanting to invest in precious metals you really should take um you know physical hold of that you know you should have that on you, Not just investing in some kind of fund or something along those lines uh, because then it, it's just a fund. It's not really the precious metal that you uh, have in your possession. So you want to have it in your possession. But a good overall article and uh, makes a lot of good sense and hopefully those of you that are new to preparedness or maybe even uh, you've been doing it for a while and you've been thinking about precious metals. Maybe you've seen some advertisements for it. You might want to uh, consider um, You know, putting, making sure you have everything else in place. All right, guys, that's it for episode 229. Thanks so much for hanging out with me again. I uh, appreciate uh, all your support. If you get a chance, come on over to the Prepper website, podcast.com, and drop me a line in the comment section or share out our episodes. We really do appreciate that. And don't forget, you can always connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, I'd love to always hear from uh, listeners out there. All right, guys, so with that, Choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.